0: it i of course mean begin the enemy slime podcast episode number 222 i believe uh nice symmetry there 222 two, two. i'm your usual host jared and i am joined today by mr j joseph jr
1: happy uh spooky halloween see the new halloween movie that's just named halloween did you see just it? like the other halloween <laughs> i didn't see it I heard it was good. Some people seem to
0: really like it. Uh yeah. and, and others not so much. Um but
1: uh I, I I'm curious. I don't know if I'm twenty dollars curious enough, but I'm curious. Is that what a movie costs in New York? Yeah, it's it's insane. Fuck me. I can see <laughs> yeah. if I go on
0: if I go on a Tuesday night, which I never do because it's always podcasts, but if I go on a Tuesday night, I can see it for like four fifty.
1: That's good. Like, I'd see it for that much.
0: It's pretty long. Uh I, I think I might go check it out. I I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen a horror movie in a the theater, and that can be like an enjoyable experience in and of itself. Yeah, it it's, can be. It's nice to have big speakers to like do a jump scare on you, and you know that that kind of stuff. So I don't know. Maybe I'll
1: maybe I'll try it. Yeah. Well, you let me know how it is because I I might I might I might not. Now that all my like I, I had a ton of friends basically living in my apartment. A couple of weeks ago, so that would have been the time to see it. Now I'm all alone and abandoned again, with just my cat. We're 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 men that have gone their own way. Yeah. Oh yes, men who've got men
0: who own PlayStation Four pros and go their <laughs> own way. Yeah, far, far away. Uh, the um, actually the uh, if I if I can confess a small thing, I've only ever seen uh, Halloween H two O. Um, really? I've never i've I've seen the original like in two halves on TV, but I've never like sat down and and watched it beginning to end. So wow, I would actually probably want to do a little bit of research before I went and saw Halloween. And I also have learned there's things that I thought were in Halloween that were actually in Friday the Thirteenth. So that has not <laughs> helped either. Yeah,
1: that's a, that's quite different.
0: That has that has made everything extra confusing. Um, but you know, e- even without seeing any of them, I was able to follow H2O pretty well. So, I imagine that I'll be able to to figure the rest of this out.
1: Now, did Halloween ever have a chapter where they went into space?
0: No, see, that that is Friday the 13th. This is a common Jared mistake where <laughs> I'm like, hey, you guys remember when Michael Myers was in space? And they're like, he didn't go to space, man. Like, right,
1: that's Jason. Jason X. Uh, yep, Jason
0: X, baby. Uh, that's where he kills... Uh, well, he kills a lot of people while they fuck, so that's a bad... <laughs> that's, a, that's a bad example. Uh, and I don't know if Jason X is the 10th one, uh, or if it's just called Jason X. So. I feel
1: like it's the 10th one. I might be wrong.
0: There's a lot of things that I'm not really sure about. Uh, but
1: it, I, I mean, I do know it's a, a pretty common, oh, see, that's what I want to see. Cause I know it's a pretty common trope for, uh, uh, for a couple to be killed while they're having sex or after they've had sex. Like they did that in the last, uh, alien movie that came out, well, I... having sex to the shower and the xenomorph is like, oh, can't have that.
0: That's true. Uh, and, but I think Jason has like a specific problem with that. Like, I think when he sees oh, yeah. fornication, he's like, no, I got to shut that down.
1: Whereas, you're right. You're right about that. Uh, it's very specific to him. The aliens like, just
0: wanted to kill everyone. It didn't.
1: That's it didn't true. I, I, and I think it, what it was with Jason was like he was he died because teenagers were off bowling around while he was dying. So it, that's like you know. Oh, you know what it was? It was his. It was his mother because he wasn't even yeah. an entity in the first one. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Because in in the original and
0: and uh, that's another one where I didn't see it until like years later. And you spend most of that movie being like, "Where's Jason?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the answer is pretty much nowhere. Yeah, uh, it's really, it's really something. But yeah, it's not until you get to like Friday the Thirteenth Two, where it kind of becomes like the the series that you actually like think it is.
1: No, and it's it's weird because that was kind of a lot of movies from that time period. I feel like like the '80s, especially. Like the first, the first Rambo movie, for example, I, it's not even called Rambo, and, and it's not the character that everyone knows. He's not like the 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 badass that goes off and kills a ton of people. Uh-huh. He's just a Vietnam vet that wants to be left alone. Um, and then in Rambo two, he becomes a Rambo everyone knows.
0: Right, right, and actually, like uh, by that same token, Dirty Harry has some of that too, where like yeah. You have all these Dirty Harry quotes, but a lot of them are from, like, the fourth one in the series. And
1: <laughs> right. the first time I heard that, I was like, wait, there's a fourth one? <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't even know there uh, was a third one. I feel like Godfather's kind of like that, too. Maybe not as much as the others, but, uh, you know, the first one is really more about kind of uh, his downfall. And then two was kind of like the real cold-hearted bastard everyone knows. Um, it's a weird thing.
0: Yeah, it's a little odd. But you know, uh, it's it's still uh, they're still pretty enjoyable. At least the ones that I've watched, I I got a kick out of. So. Oh, absolutely, I I agree with that. Uh, uh, speaking, of, did we did we do? Uh, uh, yeah, we did. To
1: do a proper introduction. <laughs> yeah,
0: we're we're, we're we're good enough. I didn't okay. I didn't mention that we're the only ones, but we're the only ones this week. <clears> throat> and, throat> we're the only ones uh, this week. And we we could have said no. And not had a nice private intimate conversation, but instead we said, "You know what? The people have waited two weeks for Enemy Slime podcast, and by God, we're going <laughs> to give it to them,
1: uh, regardless of, of you know what that takes." So yeah, hey, this is like well, it's not our first uh, uh, one-on-one session for the podcast. Yeah, that's no, it's true. the first time. I, it's been years since we did that, and and so I didn't realize it
0: until just now, and you made me think of it. Um, we didn't do spooky picks this year. Um, oh shit, you're right. And you know what? It's probably for the best because every year it gets progressively harder to uh, think of anything. Like I, oh, I, I always have to go back to years past, and I'm like, ah, oh, shit, we did that already.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I feel like I got a ton of stuff recently that uh, does make my spine shudder. For example, uh, The Walking Dead, the final season, and only I paid twenty dollars for half the product. <laughs> it was. It's a pretty spooky game.
0: Uh, I, I think, um, and I, I don't even remember if this, if we did a podcast when this got announced, but skybound is going to come in and finish the game, which, uh, really, huh. which, which leaves me with, you know, very little confidence, uh, that anything meaningful or good will come out of it. But, uh, the game will be finished officially. And, uh, well,
1: that's, a, that is something. All right. I don't really, I,
0: I think I said this on the original when we talked about this. In some ways, I'm more excited because, like, it's just to me as someone who like knows everything that's going on behind the scenes. I think I'll be (laughs) I'll be way more interested in just seeing how this disaster wraps up. Yeah, you're right about that. And there's also something kind of funny about someone who doesn't follow the industry at all because there are people I guarantee it who bought The Walking Dead the final season who probably even right now don't know that Telltale went out of business. Oh,
1: you're absolutely right about that. It's funny because when you follow the industry like we do. It's easy to forget like how casual a lot of people are about it. Like right, like like now we're at the point where we basically just have to realize you know this is kind of casual entertainment, and people kind of float in and out of this shit. And they're not all super tricky nerds like us keeping up. Like they don't give a shit what Ubisoft or Rockstar or or Square Enix are doing to their employees. They don't know about it, and and mm-hmm. I think that 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 comes up in the topic we're going to talk about tonight, where. Uh, you, uh, I, I think I said this to Lucio, where everyone is really upset about what's going on with Rockstar, but this, these people kind of calling for a protest of their games, you have to keep in mind, there you are a very small subset that is also knowledgeable about what's going on behind the scenes. Um, the larger fan base is going to just see past that, because we know how uh, brand name defensivism works and all that, um, and they're just going to go for it, and and even beyond that, we have people that don't follow the news at all that just hear, Oh yeah, these guys made GTA five and I like GTA five, so I'm gonna go get this.
0: Well, um, to, to kind of build on that, like now more than ever, I know a lot of people who are kind of closer to my age who like have a console, but maybe buy like two games a year. You know, like, yeah, like they're just yeah. very, very removed from it. And there's little, like, high-level things where they're like, well, I gotta play that. But, like, at the same time, they they really are just completely blind to, like, what's going on. Or uh, it'll just be one of those things where they're like, oh, remember Dead Space? Do they still make this?
1: <laughs> like, I like that. Oh, absolutely. No, no, no. You know, I've, I have uh, one of my sister's friends. Uh, uh, and one of my friends, they'll come to me, and they're like, oh, man, did you hear about Final Fantasy VII? And I'm like, well, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: i i i've gotten that too i've got people who are like holy shit jared you're not gonna believe it and i'm like i bet i will and they're like yeah well guess what final fantasy 7 baby it's back and it's
1: better than ever and my 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 friend i was telling you about who stayed with me and introduced me to mr robot um you know she has one in the last conversation we had and she has a PlayStation 4, the last conversation. Yeah, she's like, hey, did you play Battlefront 2? I'm like, I sure did. She's like, yeah, that Darth Maul sure is cool. I'm like, yep.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> I, I used to be the type of person who'd, who'd get up on my high horse and be like, well, I don't know if you heard about all the DLC in that game. but like, people, <laughs> There's a lot of people who just like bought that game and they're like, ah, cool, lightsaber. And like, they, were, yeah, pretty... they were happy. They were happy. <laughs> that was all they needed and that was all they had it worked out and they don't know about they didn't they don't even know about the microtransactions they're like what is that why i lose all the time and it's like yeah that's, <laughs> it didn't help did some damage but yeah yeah i've just i've had to i've had to kind of let it go uh a little bit and and just step back but uh yeah like like you were saying, it kind of ties into what we were gonna talk about as far as uh the uh upcoming Red Dead Redemption Two. um I don't know how much of this you followed, but uh basically, the game comes out this week, and now should be a time of celebration and happiness and joy. Um, <laughs> but instead, Dan Hauser opened his stupid fucking mouth in an interview, and he just all he did he dropped one line. Where he just said uh, that he and his team had been working, I th- I can't remember if he said 80 or 100 hour weeks. Um, 100 hours, yeah. But he said it as like a point of pride to be like, look, this is how hard we're working to finish this game for you. We're working 100 hour weeks right now. And immediately, all of Rockstar just
1: got destroyed by... There's like no thought behind that at all. It's just... And And you know, it's not the first, because where we started on this, it's not the first time... Uh, a video game developer has done that. Telltale did it too. Telltale was like, "Yeah, we, we we got free work out of our employees, and we're super proud of exploiting them. We did a good job."
0: Like, man, we really wrote them hard, and look what you got. And I mean, at least in Rockstar's case, like this game will show up, and it will be, uh, you know, very excessively polished, and uh, or, or at least I would hope. I'd be shocked if Red Dead Redemption Two came out and it was like a Bethesda game. You know what I mean? You're right. Um. Grand Theft Auto Five has its issues, but bugginess is not one of them, and it's the same deal here. But in Telltale's case, it was way worse because they not only did they overwork everybody, but then they released janky bullshit that barely worked. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it it's a lot. It's even less to be proud of somehow. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Rocks, Rockstar has kind of gone back and forth uh, with with their kind of relationship with the the media regarding this. And uh, they they normally have like a very restrictive uh, like media contact policy for their employees. Like you don't do interviews, you don't talk to people, you don't talk about our shit and you don't talk about our company. And they completely dropped their social media policy and basically just gave every employee in the company uh, carte blanche to just, you know, go nuts.
1: Which so, which is a very interesting move to me. And they, they still said that you have to kind of let human resources go. But uh, I sorry, know about it. Yeah, you had to they, they wanted you to go to HR and be like,
0: hey, I'm going to put out a statement. And, you know.
1: But you're right. It's like a really, really <laughs> different move as I would describe it um it, it's
0: very counter to how they have always functioned uh as a company like Rockstar's has never really been in a big hurry uh to to you know share this kind of stuff and so yeah uh and it's kind it's sort of working for them um so kotaku did a gigantic piece today and i guess we need to just really quickly uh point out the um it's weird, but Kotaku's somehow been doing, like, some pretty good investigative journalism.
1: Uh, and a lot recently. It's not yeah. like they're weird one article or two articles a year. They're just doing a lot of good work.
0: No, yeah. They, some, I don't know what happened, but uh, something, something snapped, and, and things are actually going pretty well over there. Um, yeah, they're not uh,
1: reporting on uh, uh, people who learn to drive from GTA. Which is like, <laughs> no, it's just <laughs> like, why would would you post that? <laughs> Finally stopped posting that stuff. Uh, I don't know if you I don't know if you looked
0: at uh, it. You probably didn't get far enough to see this particular thing, but they actually knew that uh, Jason was doing the piece a little bit earlier, like even before Dan Houser made his his uh, unfortunate comments. It sounds like Jason was already working on a piece about Crunch at Rockstar. Really? And I guess uh, originally what they did uh, is they set up a, an interview with him. They actually invited him into the studio and they sat him down with a teleconference with, like, uh, four of Rockstar's offices. And uh, each of those offices had, like, four employees representing them. And then there's the Rockstar head of PR there as well. And he basically, like, sat them all down on this teleconference. And he's like, all right, interview away. And huh. I, on the one hand, like, that's, that's already out of character for Rockstar. But on the other hand, like, you can't honestly think you're gonna get like candid responses from people while the director of PR is sitting uh, right there. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) Like none of those people went into the room. I I really do believe that Rockstar probably told them, like, be honest, guys, tell them the truth. I'll bet they totally (laughs) said that because they know that on the back end,
1: you're like, but don't don't tell them about that shit. Like No, absolutely. It's like it's kinda like uh uh, I don't know it's <laughs> gonna make a really really inappropriate uh, reference, but I feel like without uh, Michael or Doug on the podcast to encourage me I can't do won't, it won't be anything to bounce that off of <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no you're right it, I mean I mean with them kind of having their boss like over their shoulder, it's, it's like it's it's almost like a uh uh it's one of two things you could see it as either an intimidation tactic or you could see it as a tactic like look when you put two people in a room Anyway, they're going for the most part, they're going to pretend to like each other. If they're on camera being interviewed or something. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, everything's everything's great. Everything's awesome. I mean, look at all those fucking uh, uh, real world reunions and uh, where everyone is, is back together. Like, oh, there was no tension at all. We're, we're right. all
0: great. Everything's wonderful. It's basically it's like your boyfriend putting his hand on your shoulder and being like, go ahead, dear. Tell the policeman how you got, <laughs> right. how you got the black eye. How did tell him how it happened? And I, f- I fell down the stairs. Yes, so that's stairs. right. That's,
1: a, that's exactly. She's
0: such a klutz. And she tells you that while wearing her sexy handmaiden outfit. She just tumbled right down those stairs in her sexy handmaiden outfit. Uh, couldn't help it. Uh, I don't remember if the reference to that was on the pre-show or not.
1: So uh, maybe there's... It was on the pre-show, but well, hey. then you
0: Then, hey, you know what? Fine. Should have gotten the pre-show, I guess. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Lesson learned. Um,
0: which I, by the way, I have a very long one that I still haven't put up. Um, so if you're waiting on those, there's there's a big one in the wings that I made before I left last week.
1: So a, a, very, a very very quick segue before we uh, uh, sure. really go into our, our Rockstar thing, I have an Assassin's Creed update. It's an, it's an update that's twofold. Um, I'm I'm working on a review for it. I I'd like them to let them decide to work on a review. Uh, I want it to give Odyssey five stars. It's going to Lower to, itself to to four stars, um, maybe even more. We'll see. And that's not because of the content. I'm actually really enjoying the game. I think it's my favorite Assassin's Creed in a long time. But the the glitches that Ubisoft managed to throw into this game are not only super fucking bizarre, but they're ex- the exact worst glitches that you can put into an RPG. Um, it's kind of like, you know, with... You almost want the glitches of unity because they're kind of less crippling than what's going on with Odyssey, where uh, for the most part, quests can retroactively brick. You can get loading screen hang while you're trying to save the game. Oh, no. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's like really really bad. These are things you do not want in a role playing game. Um, Otherwise, I'm having a great time with it. I really love uh, the assassin, uh, Cassandra. You know, I haven't played as Alexios, so I don't know how he is, but... He, for, I guess, spoiler alert, he shows up in some capacity anyway. Right. Um, I think it's a really fun game. I believe, like I said, I think it's the direction it's going to go. So we'll see what happens in my final review. But that's not the reason I'm bringing it up. The reason I'm bringing it up is because I actually went and I got the Exiel collection of Assassin's Creed. Because uh, I want to play that right after I'm done with Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, I never played 2 and I never played Revelations. Um. I started the series with Brotherhood and then went into 3. Um. Interesting, yeah. And I, I, I picked up the Ezio collection. I, I, you know, got it. I got a physical copy. I installed the disc, and I went to play it. And then the game was like, "Well, you can't play it right now because it is downloading." So, <laughs> so I, I wanted to. So, so the reason I bring this up is because um, it, it, the side part of the part of what influenced me to get the PlayStation Pro. Uh and I know you haven't had this problem, but I've definitely had a problem with juggling my games. And it's even worse because I take a lot of media, I take a lot of screenshots and mm-hmm. the occasional video and all that. Um uh but each time I install it, I can only have four maybe five games tops up there and right now I basically only have Odyssey and uh Injustice 2. So I really needed more space and I figured if I'm gonna, you know, buy the space anyway, I might as well so fit my new fancy 4k television and get the pro and all that sure um but 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 red dead redemption 2 is a really big game and i'm part of me is skeptical that you need all that space for your video game i think part of it is just you know no one wants to compress anything anymore because they can get away with taking up more space on the consoles and on pc uh that that's my little conspiracy theory anyway (laughs)
0: I'm not, but to what end? What 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 do you think? Is it just because then they don't have to pay to like compress the stuff? I mean, it just feels yeah.
1: Like, I, I think it's pure laziness. I think it's laziness. I think it's money.
0: It feels, uh, and it I feels think... odd to me that you develop a game for eight years and be like, "Zip that shit!" I don't think
1: so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, because think about it. Like, like if because I was reading the Kotaku thing, and it was like, you know, they had to go back and then um, just reorient scenes because they wanted to put black bars on and all that. It's like you think about you know cutting time as you can and look, you don't have to compare convers- like like is there anything <laughs> there's not much that convinces me. i I don't know, I had to play it, of course, I had to see how the game runs, and I had to see what's so spectacular and mind blowing and how big it is, but um I'm not convinced that this thing you know had to be four times bigger than g t a five but we'll see
0: <laughs> yeah i mean we'll will we'll find out um and actually so. I know that our conversation about crunch is going to be kind of scattered. And and very first thing I should say is if if you're not into the industry that much, uh, crunch is basically, it used to be like maybe the month before the game came out. Uh, And basically what would happen is it would be all hands on deck in a studio. And it was just kind of expected that you would work, you know, in excess of a normal shift. And that could be maybe just a couple hours every day. But it could get as bad as like 12 to 13 hour shifts every single day until the game shipped. Um, because the way that, you know, this kind of stuff works is once a release date gets set, like you got to meet that release date and there's just nothing else you can do about it. And uh, Red Dead in, in traditional Rockstar fashion had already been delayed once, uh, you know, just with, between the publisher, like before even being announced and then was delayed again publicly Uh, Uh, twice
1: actually before being announced oh that's true yeah that's right
0: they said it was two times and so like you just get to a point where like you're out of time and you need to ship the game but what I was going to mention is uh, in Dan Hauser's original comment uh, he's like we worked 100 hours and then everyone was like what what the fuck are you (laughs) talking about and he went back on it he walked it back and he's like no 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 one in the studio works 100 (laughs) hours which pretty much all of his employees say is a lie um, but but he said, uh, he said, uh, me and the writers are working hundred-hour <laughs> shifts, and that should be even more horrifying because a month before release, there shouldn't be anything for
1: the writers to do. <laughs> right, that no, shit should be written. It um, should be written and done, and, and just good to go.
0: But that you you made me you made me realize the reason why I mentioned this is uh, you were talking about one of the things they decided to do was they decided that every cinematic in the game would look better if it had uh, black bars <laughs> on the top and the bottom, and so that is a decision that writers would make probably. And but it does mean that the entire rest of the team, including like the people who record the cinematics and render everything, uh, had to go back and redo all of it, like every little piece. So
1: so, so the thing is, like, I, I, I as I guess a, a filmmaker by day or a filmmaker primarily, uh, as video games have gotten more cinematic, they've really kind of failed to impress me on that account. And I feel like the first time I was truly impressed was actually GTA V, uh, followed by uh, the Phantom Pain, and after that, uh, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I feel like they actually understand uh, camera work and they understand how you know you use that to tell a story, and because you know it is its own art, and you do have to know what that is and has some confidence behind it. It's not not just like a camera in front of a person and say, sure. okay, now it's cinematic. Um, I mean uh, Bethesda would probably do that like that's
0: just, right. like, just like square them dead center of the frame <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. alright now point those soulless eyes right at the camera and say everything that you have to say with no part of your body moving except the mouth perfect it's cinema
1: I, I, I gotta say that, that, that even that little detail is part of why I love Odyssey so much because y- you look at Cassandra's eyes and her eyes are just like so full of life and they're not like these dead kind of still she doesn't look like a corpse basically like you would in a bethesda game
0: (laughs) when you get it right it really works and and more importantly when you get it wrong like say mass effect andromeda uh, for example (laughs) uh it it can literally ruin everything
1: yeah it really can like absolutely everything (laughs) uh i still love that 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 little clip from mass effect andromeda which i swear to god i thought it was a mod or something where uh one of the characters punches another character and their punch does not connect and it looks like one of those falsified things you would see in a movie from like the 1950s i'm like Mm -hmm. this is i just the the fact that you cannot connect a punch with a 3d person that cannot feel pain it's got some some (laughs) bad stuff
0: um it's good that you mentioned film, because one of the things that I wanted to kind of hone in on is, um, and, and I, I'm curious if you if you would say that this is an apt comparison, because it's something that I would say, but I don't even know if it's true. But I think film is probably a lot like uh, uh, the video game industry. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of people who want to do it, and they want to do it because it's just what they're passionate about. It's not because it's a job to them. It's not because they want to make money the dilemma is that means that you can treat people like garbage because there's a million people who are ready to take their place immediately. Like if you stand up and you say, you know what? Fuck this. I'm out. It's like, okay, like that's no problem. I have someone else who would love to do your job and I can pay them less.
1: You know, it's, it's, it's really interesting that you bring that up. I I did actually want to bring up, um, film as kind of a, it's kind of a parallel, and not just because I work in the industry, but because I feel like a lot of decisions in video games are actually mirrored after how they run the film industry. Um, But there's a certain actual logic and a science behind the film industry as to why things work the way they do that video games do not have. And that video games don't necessarily need The Video games have to kind of figure out their own thing. And, and I think crunch is kind of a symptom of that. Um It is actually... Um, a lot harder to screw someone over and film than you think, and it it certainly happens and it happens often it's happened and it happens to me Um, and I think that's just kind of the nature of the beast you're working with like so many people and you're absolutely right or you have people that come in and they're like I'm going to do this because uh, it's what I pa- I'm passionate about but a lot of people also come in and they're like I'm going to do this because I can and it seems like a way to make money and then those people don't really know how to run their companies and their studios not to Shot anyone in particular out, and that's just to say, if if, if anyone I'm currently working with uh, listening to this podcast, I'm not talking about you. Uh, you guys, you <laughs> it's guys are great. You. You're great. You're <laughs> the best. You guys, you guys are the, best. the uh, best. But 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 certainly other people I've worked for. Um, but it, there is something to be said about the union system, and like I'm not, you know, some. Uh, I definitely have leftist beliefs, but I'm not like some super left-wing liberal, and I think unions are problematic and. And have their own issues, but I do think, you know, Hollywood, for better or for worse, is is mired in a ton of guilds and a ton of unions, and they kind of dictate how everyone works, whether or not you're unionized or not. And I actually came to blows with the studio I worked for last year, and they're like, uh, uh they brought up a point. They're like, hey, uh, you might we might have hired you as a writer, but you're not unionized, like, like the others And I'm like, you know, that. What does that have to do with it? And then they immediately ceased all communications because they realized they said something super illegal. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know the, the the Writers Guild of America, the Directors Guild, the Producers Guild, SAG-AFTRA, um, a ton of of smaller unions uh, that look after all the below the line guys, which are all your tech people, you know your your gaffs and your grips and and uh, 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 just everyone you can think of conceivably has a union. Uh, the only people who aren't really unionized are, in fact, the only uh, um, portion of the industry that has crossover with the video game industry, and that's visual effects. Mm. Um, and they have a lot of issues due to it. And I think, but I think the protection that guarantees you, even if you're not with one of them, uh, I think they're huge and they do prevent. Exploitation. Um uh and Hollywood used to be highly exploitative too. It's like in the in the fifties it was fucking ridiculous what they were able to do. Now you can't get away with it. Now if you want to run you know, you can run a 12-hour day, but you need to run those twelve hour days with exceptions. Like you have to make sure your people are taken care of. You have to make sure food is provided, you have to make sure they have regular breaks. So uh if you violate that 12 hours, if you start to go into a 14-hour day you do so at your own power you have to pay overtime mm-hmm. you don't have a choice uh if you keep violating the 12 hour day then um uh you face the risk of a lawsuit or being shut up shut down by one of the guilds uh and they will send their representatives in there and you know there will there are people who are willing to kind of like stand up for themselves either secretly or in private and i do think having some dignity in the film industry. And that's not to say video game developers don't have dignity, but you do have to know when to kind of stand up for yourself. Like there are big companies right now, uh, that put out some of our favorite, you know, TV shows and movies where internally they're seeing an exodus and they're seeing people going, you can't treat me this way. And you got to straighten up or leave. And if you don't want to straighten up, then I'm going away. Uh, and so I think that means a lot. And I just don't think the video game industry has that protection. Um, I had very mixed feelings as to how the voice actors unionized um I think ultimately it is a good thing for the voice actors the, the only reason I'm hesitant about it is because I don't think SAG-AFTRA really understands video games and I don't know that you know they'll understand what to really do for their actors but the fact that voice actors now have SAG-AFTRA protection is huge uh you right. know they just cannot be exploited anymore so yeah that, that that that's kind of the main thing there's something else i want to talk about in regards to film later but yeah
0: well and so <laughs> the thing that's interesting about that article to me is they, they interview uh they interview a lot of people from rockstar like a, a very wide array of employees and as you would expect for a company that's spread across i, I don't even remember how many locations they have but it's like it's like seven or eight um and as you would expect, everybody has a different experience. And there's some people there who are like, "Yeah, they they you know helped me at gunpoint and made me work uh, eighty <laughs> right. hours." But there's also a lot of people in there who are like, "No, nah, it never came up, and I leave, and I don't give a fuck." And uh, and but the one thing that everybody says, pretty much everybody across the board, the people who have negative things to say about it, the people who have positive things to say about it, just about everybody says. Uh, that the game they were making was amazing. The work was satisfying because the game was so amazing. But on top of that, almost everybody acknowledges that the game probably could never have been released without
1: that crunch time. Um, right. So, you know, the, the my other secret profession uh, is I sometimes adapt uh, manga and I mentioned it before, and I have one I'm working on now about from a guy who uh, actually came from the video game industry and crunch is such a huge part of those books that you know I'm I'm editing and adapting, mm-hmm. and it's just like you know they they treat it like a natural part of life. And I I have read a, I read a lot of arguments, um and I agree with one of them. One of them was like just a comment somewhere, but crunch should not be factored into your development cycle. And from this manga I'm adapting, and from what we've heard about Rockstar and and from Telltale and a couple other ones, we do know that they've do factor in crunch time and that that doesn't seem to me to be something that you strive for you right know?
0: right you just plan on it you basically like it, it's like it's like planning to procrastinate kind of but <laughs> right. at, at the same time again everybody can kind of acknowledge like this project is so like awesome in scope and and insane to behold that it would be impossible to get to a, a point where, like, you're not doing it. And and so, but you're right, it is kind of defeatist to just go into it and being like, and this is the week where we all want to kill ourselves, and this is the week where the game's out. And <laughs> right, like,
1: yeah, I, 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 I think it's kind of like in film, right? No one, no one's trying for reshoots. You want to get the film in the can as soon as possible, period. Mm-hmm. And then reshoots, yeah, you, you plan your reshoot time and you factor that in, but you try to avoid them. It's not something that you go, okay, now now reshoots happen. Right. Um, you just want to make the fucking movie and you want to make it right the first time.
0: I think it's also something that people, and I think a lot of how Rockstar kind of stepped in at this time is what what really seems to rile a lot of people up. Is how they're going on record and like Hauser's doing interviews and basically claiming that like this stuff doesn't exist when to a lot of these people it very provably does. And there's kind of a there's something that's frustrating in any workplace. I, I've experienced it where I was. The very first day at the current company that I work for, five o'clock rolled around and the team that I was sitting by, nobody moved, like not one of them. And I picked up my shit and was like, Welp, see you guys. Because, like, I was done. I was done for the day. And I kind of got, like, some glares.
1: Like, some, like, well, what the fuck, man? Like, we're still working. So, I I think you hit on another really key part on this stupid argument here where Rockstar, quite clearly, from their Dan Hauser interviews and from um, a couple of their, like, supposed PR emails and all that, they clearly equate. Hard work with hours worked.
0: <laughs> right. And that is, that is, I think, a really big problem is rather than focusing on like milestones and like what work is done, there's a lot of people who gave feedback that basically says like they just want to see you there in your seat. Even if you don't yeah. have anything to do, they'd rather see you sitting there doing nothing than not be there.
1: Yeah. And
0: that's and, that's uh, a really bad mentality. Uh, it really is, and I,
1: I, I even when I see that mentality in my personal workspaces, I I push against it so hard. It's like it, it, it's really it's really a quality over quantity thing. If I'm if I'm putting in the hours and the work's not good, then it's like I'm not here. It's no point. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's absolutely it.
0: And and there's also a lot of talk of people who. Uh, like they were talking about like uh, repurposing roles, so like someone who's normally a concept artist is doing like QA, uh, right? And and obviously nobody likes staff to, to do that kind of stuff. Now I will say, and again, one of the things that I really liked about this Kotaku piece is it's very balanced. It it can acknowledge that it's a problem in the industry while also saying that like it might not be a problem we can solve. Like everybody knows it's an issue, but nobody really has a great solution on like how to fix it. Uh, I think yeah. it was the CEO of CD Projekt Red. CD Projekt Red probably has better funding than any other studio in the industry, <laughs> and even they have it. and And they and he straight up called it in an interview. He said it was a necessary evil. Uh, he's like, I, I wish it, it was something that didn't happen, but it does happen, and I. He's like, I don't see a way that we can avoid it. Um, and so, anyway, my, my Twitter is basically all indie devs, and so... That's, that's smart. And so, all I see on my Twitter feed is, like, Rockstar's evil, and uh, this is terrible, and it's unacceptable, and there's never a time where it should be okay. And I think that the article has a little bit more of a measured approach of, like, this is shitty, and we should try to make it better, um, but at the same time, like, you know, it, it may never be perfect. it's just a a kind of reality of the situation. Like we may never make it perfect. Um, And it is worth mentioning that uh, I guess a huge part of your pay at at rockstar is bonus based. And I I guess like we're talking like pretty heavy bonuses, especially on years Mm -hmm. where on years where games are released. And there's a, there's a very pleading segment at the end where uh, they basically say that just about every employee uh, that they interviewed was like, please buy the game anyway. Like, we know that in, your instinct is going to be, well, let's let's be let's be in solidarity with the developers at Rockstar and boycott Red Dead Redemption Two. And the the irony is like that would hurt them even more because then they won't get their performance bonus and all that God. all that crunch that they did is for nothing. So they need the game to sell well. And, and beyond that, like I think you just want people to see your work. Like if you worked hard so,
1: on a game, like you don't want nobody to experience it. So, so so, you hit on another really big part on why I have very mixed feelings about this like boycott. It's like, look, if it were me, and, and look, I do realize that sometimes the it's a little oversimplified and reductive compared to what goes on in the film industry. But if it were me and I fucking toiled over this thing, unless I left the project with like, really, really bad blood, which I have done, but if I work that hard on something, I want you to see the work. <laughs> I think just about anybody would say that. People who kill themselves for their
0: art, like they want you to see the art. the The, the <laughs> worst thing that you could do is kill yourself for your art and then have no one look at it. Like that, that feels really <laughs> painful.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely.
0: And so, I mean, um, it, it's a it's a little crazy. It, like, I, I totally get the idea that um, you know you would look at the studio uh, abusing a workforce and be like, "Well, that's not okay." and uh and I'm not going to support it but at the same time like I really do get that like it happened it's out there you may
1: as well enjoy it yeah no I I I I agree with that notion and and that's kind of you know no for everything that we've heard from Rockstar employees none of them are saying hey you boycott our work now like we're done with redemption uh, uh don't buy it uh go out there and and, and protest what happened to us. Right. Uh, (laughs) Everything is being called for on their account and people speaking for them. And I, all my life, it doesn't matter whether it's, it's movies or, or, um, uh, whatever I'm working in all my life. I've never liked it when people have spoken for me, you know, and, and said, this is what I should, I should want. And, and how you should feel on my behalf. Uh, let me speak for myself. Let me tell you, you know, what the deal is. Mm -hmm. So and and like the fact, look, I'm not I'm not trying to justify. Look, okay, uh, we got our, our our Red Dead pre-orders in or whatever. Uh, we're going to run and storm uh, GameStop or Best Buy or wherever the hell we get them from and, and buy them. Uh, I'm not pushing for that, but I'm saying I'm basically saying that um, uh, for the most part, anyone who is is telling you to kind of protest this product they're not the ones responsible for the product and 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 you have the you know you do have these people appearing with their bosses at rockstar the rockstar are like hey we're 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 taking uh four people to go out and do these interviews do you want to go do it it's not like they held a gun to their head to do their that part of it maybe right. the crunch time you know they were expected to put in a certain work, but they could have said no they could have said oh I have a tummy ache. I'm washing my hair that day. <laughs> well, and again, like that's what's interesting to me about the
0: piece is literally everyone is here. There are people who are like, man, uh, I worked really hard and I fucking hated it. And like I it ruined my relationship and it made me depressed. There's like that person. There's also a pretty uh, a, a not unreasonable number of people who are like, yes, we crunched. And it was very rewarding. And like, I didn't mind doing it and would do it again. Um, I'm not saying that that justifies having it happen, but there are some people who can thrive in an environment like that. And I mean, actually, I'm probably more of one of those, those types. I, I do much better under like severe pressure, (laughs) right? I'm the type of person who will put something off for three weeks and then work really hard for 48 hours.
1: Yeah. I'm kind of like that. I'm a little like that too. So Um. it's,
0: it's probably unavoidable. And, And that's what makes me wonder Not to like sound political here, but I don't know if the solution to this is like a free market kind of thing, where you just know, like, yeah, if you work at Rockstar, like that's shitty stuff that happens, and if you don't like it, you could go work for Ubisoft, where everyone works a nine to five and no one cares about horsemen. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's the fix, or if it is something more like what you're talking about, where like you know maybe maybe they should unionize a little more uh and and try and get some kind of like protections put in place that all the studios well not all but like a lot of them are in california so like that could work
1: nah, there. That, that's true I, I, you're right i don't know what the answer is i i do feel like again as i said earlier i do feel like that video games does things that they, they bizarrely modeled off of other industries and i feel like one of the prime influences with smoothies and this idea I, I think there are two competing ideas in the video game industry right now. I think there's the idea that we will release the video game when it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure, crunch time still hits those. And then there's the idea that we will hit, we hit this video game by the release date. Uh, and we know that has a ton of problems, too, because then you get something like Assassin's Creed Unity. Um, right. And, you know, I I feel like the idea... Of hitting a release at a specific time uh, before something is done and before something is even being worked on. I feel like that's a very specific film industry idea. And I feel like that's because the film film has this thing called uh, the film slate, which is a very real thing. A studio, at the start of every year, they will decide their slate, they will decide what movies release when, and they'll decide that those movies release into the next year. And that's when they plan out, this is when we're going to release our rom-com. This is when we're going to release our Halloween. That's a, another Halloween, uh, just called Halloween, not a reboot, but a sequel. Uh, this is when we're going to release our big uh, comic book movie. And this is when we're going to release our small indie feature that we hope will be like an Oscar contender. And That's a real thing. And they, they plan that out. They budget that out. Some of these movies, yes, they have sitting there. Um, and they're like, OK, let's dust it off and, and throw it in the theaters because we need something to fill that slot. But a lot of the times uh, uh, or, or like half the time, whatever, those movies won't even be in production yet. And that's why you get something that feels absurd to the general public, like the Marvel phases or the, the Star Wars films. And those are over ambitious in a sense, but they're not too far removed from what actually happens where you know Disney would plan they're animated films in such a way, and this is the release date they would have to hit because they had to get by Thanksgiving or whatever. Right. Uh, the, the There are two factors there, though. The first thing is that a movie takes all of six fucking months to make, and that's including you know pre-production, production, post-production. Yes, sometimes they take longer, sometimes they take a lot longer, but you're looking at three to uh, uh, six months to create the film, and you're definitely looking at 15 to 45 days to actually shoot the film. It's it's very rare that it goes over that amount. Um forty five days from starting from rolling cameras to saying that's a wrap, that's the most you're usually going to push. Um so you are always guaranteed that film and you're going to be be guaranteed that's complete film and you're going to be guaranteed that there are almost no hiccups. If there are hiccups, they're very easy to recover from. I was explaining this to a friend who was like, yeah, but, you know, visual effects and special effects these days, they extend the production time. And that's completely untrue because as long as Hollywood has been around, special effects have been around. Uh, so we've always accounted for uh, special effects in the industry and they changed and grown more advanced, but, but every department has what they're good at. Every department has what they're skilled at. Every department has their mentors, and these mentors are teaching, are learning the technology before they even exist, and they're teaching new people to learn these technologies. Uh, every department has their shortcuts, like uh, uh, some, like you know, someone pointed to, yeah, well, they took shortcuts on Black Panther, look how bad it looks. Yeah, but they also took shortcuts on the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, and it still looks pretty amazing. Um, so, some so movies have a very Uh, specific speed in which they're done. And they have people who have been doing this for literally a hundred years and know how to get it done. Right. The other flip side of that is that the slate exists due to a number of factors. You have a very specific hiring season in television and film. You have a very specific festival season in television and film. You have a very specific award season. Uh, you have a very specific release season. You know When are you going to release your holiday movies? When are you going to release your your summer movies? And that's dictated just by how the industry has built itself over the past several decades. Video games doesn't have that. And, and yeah, they're competing against each other, which movies don't really do either. Every time you try to t- treat a movie like a market product and have them compete with each other is actually pretty disastrous for the industry uh, because that's not how people buy movies. Uh, so yeah, video games try to beat each other to the market and try to put this is the killer app we want you to spend their money on. And video games do have their holiday sales that like this is when we want to release a big one. But other than that, they don't have all the other factors that movies have. So this idea of beholding themselves to a date that they have to hit, it feels a little little odd to me because they don't have the same social factors if you get what I'm saying there.
0: Yeah, I mean there's little things like uh like publisher commitments and like I mean uh like like stuff like I, I remember reading uh in a in an article about crunch. I was reading about uh Dying Light 2. Uh they mm-hmm. were saying they were saying they had to have a demo for E3 uh and they they actually uh wound up creating the demo like ground up in a 3 week period. Wow. Um, which is crazy, and I can only imagine like the I can only imagine the hours that they worked to do that. But you're right, and there's it's kind of interesting in, in thinking about it. There's other strange like limitations that film has that kind of work in favor of uh, controlling like you know a, a life balance. So, like just for example, um, when you're shooting a film, you're going to have a natural limitation for how long you even have like the location where it is you're going to shoot and like exactly yeah, you, you, yeah. Can, you can be in a situation where like look i've got this house and we're gonna film you know a third of the movie in the house and we only have a week to do it and so like, <laughs> right we better fucking do it uh and uh that kind of stuff doesn't really happen in games and it's almost like with this black bar thing in in red dead redemption um that's one of those things where like you could never make a decision like that in in a movie uh because right. you'd have to go back and re- like it, it would be like Finishing your movie and being like, "Yeah, but we should have shot it in 35 millimeters. <laughs>
1: right. And it's like, well, that's yeah. a
0: gr- that's a great thought, Billy. But we can't go back and fucking you know take our digital tapes and turn them into 35 mil. Like it, it doesn't it, it, happen.
1: The, the thing is, you'd be a uh, surprised how much that actually happens. It was like, hey, we should have done this. I was like, oh, thanks for having that. Now, yeah, like wow, that's a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic
0: thought. A really, really great idea. Uh, but just a tiny little problem you know who i was reading about uh who because you were you were talking about the concept of like when it's done it's done and i don't think anybody exhibits that idea more than nintendo Um, right now nintendo is obviously in a situation where they have that luxury if they want to take a long time to do something they can do it um but they have interviewed uh, Reggie Fizame May before about crunch and asked him how, like, how uh, Nintendo handles it, and he was really adamant. And I, I, don't know how true this is. It could totally be, uh, you know, just as bad there as elsewhere. But he said that Nintendo's preference is they always try to, if they ever get into a situation where they're going to have to crunch, then their preference is to hire contract employees and temps. Mm. Um, rather than like mess with their internal employees and according to him that has worked really well for them in promoting like a life work balance uh you know for for their people that work for them um but that could that could be nonsense like it doesn't again it doesn't mean that they're exempt from you know going in and being like hey guys like this sucks but you're going to have to
1: work 80 hours this week and like you know Sorry. No, you're, you're, I mean, you're right. It's, it, it's You're also right in that it is a very kind of complicated problem. I, I guess what I'm mostly saying here in terms of the film comparison is that with film, you're looking at something that was built up over the course of decades and right. took uh, a ton of corruption and took a ton of figuring things out. And then 100 years later, here we are. And this is how the film industry runs. Uh, video games, you know, we're looking... Thirty, forty years, maybe for um now. Uh, uh, truly, and to me, with video games, especially in terms of crunch time, especially whenever I read this manga that I'm working on, I'm like, you know, a lot. Uh, and what I was saying with uh, with Rockstar um, deciding exactly, uh, we're going to write this now. We're going to add 100. We're going to add black bars now. A lot of this feels like a self inflicted wound. Um, you didn't have to pull that trigger, and you did it anyway. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, it it is, and and I think that's again kind of an issue with the medium in general. Is if you're a creative type, you maybe have a lot more options at your disposal that maybe you shouldn't have. You know what I mean? Right. Like, maybe yeah. it'd be, maybe it'd be better if you just got to a point where you're like, well, I regret not doing this, but there's nothing I can do about it now. Um, so
1: so 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 the last like film comparison I'll make of the night, um, you know, is the idea of pre-production and. The reason you don't hit snags in production and post-production, because you plan the shit out of pre-production. Mm-hmm. And it's a poss- you know, it's possible to hit a development hell with movies, and we call it pre-production purgatory, because it is possible to be stuck there for fucking ever. But in pre-production, you are planning every single thing. You're planning the look of the film, uh, you're planning your shots, you're you're getting your actors and you're rehearsing the shit out of them. Um, everything you decide, you have to decide it in pre-pro sometimes you can get away with a last-minute thought in production. Sometimes you can get away with a last-minute thought in post, but it largely doesn't happen. You make that fucking plan in pre-pro, and you follow through with it, and that's it. That is the blueprint. That's the DNA for the entire thing, Um, and you're not deciding to add black bars in (laughs) post-production.
0: You know, I was uh, was looking at it. Something else that I've seen come up multiple times, and this kind of goes back to what you're saying, where just like the industry is so young, Um, One of the things that people keep talking about when I I read about this is um, because the industry is young and because the employee base was young, a lot of these are habits that formed early on because they could, uh, Mm. because they were hiring, you know, like 22-year-old kids. And so it was like, well, what else are you going to do? It's Friday night and you like video games. So, like, (laughs) I know that you're just going to go home and sit alone and then masturbate. but. As all these people have gotten older, they've gotten married, they've had children, and now there all of a sudden is a lot of reason why they can't work in those conditions anymore. And so, there's a lot of people that you'll read who talk about it who say like, "This is something that used to work, and now it doesn't." Like, Mm -hmm. and, and it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily because like it was a good idea back then. It was just we could get away with it back then, and now it doesn't feel like that anymore because the the people in the industry have aged with
1: it you know and i think that's i actually do think that's a strong point i think and i think that applies really not only any entertainment medium but i think anywhere where you're kind of starting out like there's shit that i did as a young film student that i look at it now and i'm like i don't know what the fuck i was thinking back then um that you could do it you could get away with that and 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 you had no concept of of how things are going to go and how they're supposed to go. And so, yeah, I couldn't easily, easily see that. And, uh, and, and yeah, you got to look at it that way. Like, look, a, a lot of us who grew up with uh, video games and are working in video games. Now we were born when video games first came into existence. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's,
0: it's one of those things where like, and look, I'm not. I, I know that if you, when we go back and listen to this later, it's probably going to sound like Jared's like the pro crunch guy who's like, let's feel, <laughs> let's feel bad for the AAA developers and like Activision Blizzard, uh, the 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 poor poppers at Activision Blizzard. We have to. Someone has to speak up for them. And I'm not saying that. I absolutely believe that there are some studios and publishers out there who are probably pieces of shit. Who overpay all their C-level employees, uh, who who don't work the hours that they're expecting uh, from their from their regular people, and who are basically operating inefficiently or in a greedy fashion that they don't need to, um, and uh, a- and are abusing people because they can. Uh, that's absolutely something that happens. But yeah. I, simultaneously, I do think there are other studios out there, like say CD Projekt Red, who probably really aren't. Doing it, uh, you know, because because they're evil, but just are doing it because they they don't see another solution to it. Um, and I think that we should do what we can to make it better. But like I said, I, I realistically think it's probably always something that's going to plague the industry. Like I, it's it's probably never going to be perfect. And yeah,
1: I, I, there's a lot know, of I, reasons I, why. I, I think you actually did bring up like a lot of points that I wasn't necessarily thinking about when I came here and. In, in. You know, look I have a very certain orientation because of the entertainment industry I come from I'm sure there you know not not every entertainment industry is perfect there're there are like nightmares in film and just as there are nightmares in music and nightmares in publishing and and all that other uh bullshit people do to try to entertain other people for whatever reason, one reason or the other um, and and you know i yeah, I certainly have my own issues with. The uh, Hausers, I don't, I don't think they're they're the most <laughs> altruistic types on the planet. No, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, it's 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 it's. I I guess it's difficult. I, I, I guess if you're empathetic to anyone's plight, I'll put it this way: if you're empathetic to anyone's plight, then you're like, yeah, you don't like to hear that they're being overworked and that they don't get to see their families, and and it's an upsetting upsetting thought. Um, but I still hold true that at the end of the day, especially if you live in like the United States of America, or if you do live in, uh, uh, Western Europe and, and not necessarily Eastern Europe, not necessarily, uh, the greater Asia, um, because they do have ways in which they do keep their employees, uh, uh, legally kind of enslaved. But here in these countries, you're like, you know what, I can walk away and apply for something else and. Blacklisting does happen and a culture affair does happen here. Uh, we're not perfect, but we do have a bit more freedom than we get in other places. And so at the end of the day, these guys are like, look, uh, some of them are like, fuck Rockstar, I'm leaving, I'm going somewhere else, uh, enjoy the game. Other people are like, uh, yeah, I wouldn't trade this experience as you correctly flagged. And I don't think that we should dictate for them how they want their uh, content experience. I think we should let them tell us how they want their content experience. And I think. If uh, um I think it's a similar situation to the voice actors. The voice actors are like, Look, we are unhappy, uh, we're unionizing, there's why we're unhappy, who's here's who we're unhappy with, we're gonna go say it. And I think there is absolutely some truth to it. There might be a culture up there um at Rockstar, but I also do feel like those employees will let us know that, hey, um if you guys love us, you will go ahead and hate this video game. And um i i really just don't think it is up to the masses on twitter and facebook to decide that for them
0: right right yeah i think that's a that's a big takeaway is like pretty much like i said just about everybody uh who's who's interviewed regardless of their stance they all really do seem to believe that like they were working on something that was big and that was important and whether or not it was worth it to them varies from from place to place but just about everybody agrees that like it was it was work that probably had to be done, and beyond that, it was uh, most of them would say it was work that was worth doing. Um, and I will say one thing in the in the Hauser's defense, because again, that's really where I <laughs> that's where I come from is we have to stand up for the the little guys. <laughs> right. And uh, the other thing that I just comment is to their credit, and actually, uh, Elon Musk had something similar uh, said about him recently. They do pull ridiculous hours and they pull it all mm-hmm. the time. And you can say that, like, that should be expected because they own the fucking company and they make more money than anybody who ever sets foot in there. But at the same time, like, at the very least, I'm sure there are a lot of other companies out there who are probably expecting the same thing of their employees. And
1: they have, like, C level employees who you never see. There, there, there's some much of practice that you preach. And, and, look, like I said, like I say, no industry is perfect. Like, the amount that I've killed myself for, for both film and, and writing has been kind of like ridiculous and, and you're even advised in your first couple of years going into film and they're like, you're not going to see your families. Uh, <laughs> you're not going to see your friends. This will sort out who your real family and friends are. Um, there is a sort of, you know, speaking in terms of, I guess the artists, there is a sort of passion there. Mm-hmm. And I heard once that, you know, I, I, I got to figure out where I heard this quote from because it's one I recite often to a lot of different people. and, there's something about your art um, where if you're a true artist, then your art kind of hover above everything else. It hovers above your responsibility. It hovers above your lovers. It hovers above your friends. And there's something very cynical about that. But I feel like there's also like a level of truth of it where you are willing to kill yourself to a degree for this thing. And that's not to say it's always right. And, and it's certainly better – when it's driven by your own passion than by someone dictating over you and like breathing over your shoulder and saying, you're expected to sit here and do that. Right. Um, but there is still a level of truth that, uh, you know, artists sell themselves for their art. It's, it's a, a trope as old as time, but it's a true trope.
0: I mean, by that same token, if you look at the people who are the most unhappy in the rock star interviews, they're almost all in, uh, is it their London office? I think it's the London office where they keep all the play testers and mm-hmm. those people justifiably sound like they all want to kill themselves. Uh, <laughs> right. Whereas, like, it's a lot easier to uh, to sit at work for 14 hours when you're, like, pouring over dialogue that you've written and you're trying to perfect it and get it, you know, exactly the way that's true to your vision and true to your... like it's got to be a lot easier to be like a staff writer and pull crazy ass hours than it is to be like a quality assurance tester.
1: Oh, absolutely. And and I'm not sure how interactive Rockstar is going to allow their employees to be when it comes to Red Dead Redemption. But the employees for Assassin's Creed Odyssey have been highly interactive and just seeing them on Reddit and seeing them on Twitter and being like, look, I like killed myself to make this village. And I really loved writing that quest and just seeing their passion for the project. And it brings a little bit of a tear to your eye. You're like, yeah, they worked super hard on this. And they want people to see it and experience it and comment on it.
0: I mean, I still want to talk to whoever did the horse nut physics. Like, I want to know if that's something... <laughs> I want to know if that's something that, like, meant a lot to him. Like, did he did he come up with it, and then they put it in the game? Like, was it, like, a passion thing where he's like, I wonder if I could shrink these nuts?
1: Were they as so passionate Bad it as, say, writing the physiology of a, of a harpy
0: or a dragon? Yes, exactly. Like, are they, are they one of those types of people? Are they the <laughs> ones who, you know, they're scrolling through a porn site, and they see the picture of the woman, like, standing by the horse, and they're like, I want Wonder, you know, they pause for a second before c- carrying on. uh What's going on in there? Should I
1: click this? I don't know. But uh <laughs> so, so, so that's us for the enemy slime, slime, uh, slime shill saying that you should buy Red Dead Redemption. Uh a get, fucked little person. Go
0: out there, pre-order it today. Get the deluxe edition. Uh if you really want
1: to get the PlayStation 4 edition. You that, you really go really your own support, way.
0: Uh, you know, Google Google Dan Hauser. Look at pictures of him. He's only got one hoodie. He needs he pretty clearly <laughs> needs another one. So like you should buy this game and help this poor guy out. Uh because it's it's just not going well. <laughs> uh so I that's all I'm saying. I'm just saying that like I feel like nobody's out there standing up for the little guy. And by the little guy, I mean big scale AAA publishers.
1: You know, on on, on that note, I, I watched an interview with uh, uh, Patrice Desley recently. Um, and I saw that he was wearing like a blazer and chute and tie and a, a baseball cap. And that just killed all sympathy I had for the man. Boy, whatever happened to that game he was working on? The ancestors. Is that what
0: it's called now? It had a different you, title at one point. Uh,
1: yeah, I, th- I think they're calling it Ancestors now.
0: Is it actually it's still kicking, yeah. kicking about Ancestors, the Humankind Odyssey?
1: I I don't have a lot of faith that this will come out. Uh, uh, I I don't either. And what I've seen, it looks like Assassin's Creed only your monkey this time. Which why not? Let's go that far back.
0: Yay! It sounds pretty good. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do you think it will come out before or
1: after Death Stranding? <laughs> It's hilarious because I had that ex- exact same thought. I asked the I asked the friend the exact same thing, uh, what do you think is going to be the killer game of the year? Dust your ancestors.
0: I yeah, I think that these are probably both
1: ones that you're just never ever going to see. <laughs> yeah, right. Um yeah, see that's another that's another thing. You, you you need someone cracking that whip because man, without that studio oversight, Hideo Kojima and and Patrice Desilets with all the betrayal and and indentured servitude, they put out those games.
0: Well and I mean, to be honest, like I, I can kind of see that being a problem. Like this is this is a medium where if you're a creative type, you could definitely get like lost in the muck because mm. you could just spend forever like like refining and changing and going back and redoing stuff and the consequences aren't there like they are in, say, like a movie, um, you know, where a studio head's gonna look at you like, Are you fucking serious? There's no way we can <laughs> we, we we can't go and reshoot that. Like it's impossible. Like just deal with yeah. it and um like i i was talking about the predator and uh i found out the whole last part of that movie uh was originally filmed in the day and they were like it's not scary enough and so they went they went back and had to refilm the entire thing in the in night wow and it turned out real fucking shitty because of it <laughs> Because it turned out that they couldn't do it that quickly in the amount of time they needed and it was janky as fuck. And like I think there's even some shots. Well yeah, I know there is. There's some shots where like all of a sudden it's day. Uh like they're 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 running around at night and then in like the big climax, I'm sure we're supposed to think like the sun is rising, but it's just kinda like morning. Like it's like, oh but it's it's weird. All of it's It's super bizarre. And like I said, like in games, they could have gotten away with that. It's not, it's not even too late right now for Dan Hauser to be like, you know what? All of the game takes place at night. Uh, (laughs) It's it's what I want. It's what I like. And so let's go back and change it. And I mean, you know, you crank a few, a few knobs and you got what you want. And so like people like Hideo Kojima or Patrice, uh, or whatever, uh, they can get stuck in that stuff and True. and True. there's a that's probably a big part of why it seems like Death Stranding isn't even a real game.
1: <laughs> Death Stranding doesn't seem like it's a real game and Ancestors seems like it's even less of a real game. Ancestors is just like a couple screenshots of like a really <laughs> a really
0: low poly like monkey. Uh, this looks a lot like uh, everything that
1: I can find of it it looks like enslaved Remember that game? Ah, oh, shit! Yeah, for I the, remember. For that. the
0: Xbox 360, it just looks like that. Jesus!
1: Yeah, you're kind of, you're right.
0: Which that's that's an eight year old game. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope that... I hope actually Enslaved looks a little better looking at pictures. Oh, God. Yeah, Enslaved looks pretty good. Man, that's... That, sh- that that girl in that was
1: pretty fine. I I I I won't lie. I got Enslaved on sale. Just because of that. Just to look at trip, <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, all right, I'm gonna ogle trip. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: In Slade, and then and then was the other one that reminded me of In Slade. Basically, it was only like a fantasy thing with an elf. I got that one too. Oh, not cameo. No, no. Um, um, I remember that was another like one word kind of thing that also looked extreme, and he played two people, a really muscular, manly man, and. Real sexy elf. I
0: don't, I don't know what that one is, but it sounds great. Uh, <laughs> I like a good sexy elf in my stuff. And actually, uh, speaking of which, I can just very briefly mention, because we're probably getting close to time, but uh, I did end up getting suckered into Soul Calibur VI. Um, really? And I, I will take a moment to just say, like, uh, if you don't buy it, you're a smart consumer. Uh, because it has the exact same trappings that every other fighting game has, and uh, it's not as bad as Mortal Kombat, um, because one of the things Mortal Kombat did that bugged the shit out of me is in the story mode, you would fight a lot of characters who hadn't been released yet.: No, nah, that sucks. And I, hate it. I hate it when they just, I hate it when they just make it so obvious that like everything's done. Like, just, yeah. just at least lie to me, lie to me, and be like, <laughs> right. lie to me and be like, oh, we're doing crunch right now to finish that DLC. Like, mm. fuck, man, we're really cracking the whip over here. Have yeah, uh, you run into any uh,
1: lizard lizard men online?
0: No, but I uh, I could definitely see there's a um, there's three <laughs> accessory slots, and you can make some very just generic shapes in those slots. So I absolutely see how you could make a nice big dick. <laughs> It would not be difficult to make a nice big cock in that game.
1: But like, like, like is it as detailed as uh, horse genitals, or dragon genitals, or, or harpy genitals?
0: I don't think it's going to be as detailed as the horse genitals because it doesn't shrink or grow in the cold. Um, <laughs> but boy, I've seen some pretty frightening characters in the create a character. There's a, there's a thing you can do where after you create a character, you can mark it as a favorite. And if you do that, it will send that character to other people's game. Oh God! And uh, and the, the character the character will like show up in the in the story. So there's a story mode that you go through. That's create a character basically. So you you create a guy and send him through the story mode, and you'll fight other people's characters um, that that have just shown up. And so like. Uh, actually, funny enough, the the greatest soul I made was uh, Ezio. I saw like I, basically, oh, nice. I basically saw all of his armor, and I was like, oh, I could make a pretty solid Ezio. So I, I went ahead and did that, and I marked him as my favorite. And now I know I've sent him off to fight strangers. <laughs>
1: so, so 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 like two things on that. Like I I was recalling kind of like how the, the great big Marvel. Uh, in Soul Calibur, uh back in the day was that you can create like Cosmos, right? You can get her parts and, sure. and make her, and that was pretty cool. And I was like lizard dick. The other part of that I will say is uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, their photo mode automatically saves the photographs and shares them with every user. And I've been exploring that game and uh, you can take photographs of, some super inappropriate stuff, like like beyond inappropriate, and I've actually done it a few times, and I was thinking, uh games should not allow users to share things.
0: <laughs> yeah, that I would like be better. That. It would just be better if we didn't have the internet <laughs> at all, uh and that's why Soul Calibur 2 was so great, uh because I didn't see anybody's dick. It was just, <laughs> right. It was just a normal, fun day fighting uh spawn, or
1: whoever was in that one. Zeus' dick this is incredibly popular as a photo.
0: Yeah, why not?
1: Stands to reason.
0: Uh somebody made a uh you'll appreciate this someone made a really really good uh 2B from uh from NieR Automata. Like I
1: do appreciate that.
0: Like really good. Like I can't believe it. And they do this they do this in the character creator and it's really smart on their part where you can tell when they stick some of that armor in there that they're like, oh, I know who, like, this will be. Like, right. so someone will see this, and they'll realize, like, oh, that's that's uh, the Assassin's Creed guy. Um, right. But here, I'll, I'll show you this. Check this 2B out. It's pretty damn impressive. At least I think it is. Let's check that 2B out. Uh, send that over. And then uh, there's someone also made a really good... Uh, that is a really good TV. Who's, wow! Who's the girl from The Witcher? Uh, Siri. Siri, yeah, yeah. Someone made a very good Siri, and because Geralt's in the game, the fighting style is already like dead on. Um, but there's a there's a couple really good series. Uh, there is an
1: excellent Shrek that I have seen. Um, uh, this is like uh, I'm actually looking at. Um, uh, it's not Ezio. It's uh, Altair, and, and they did a good job with him too.
0: Yeah, uh, there's you You could really easily do a, a couple of the Assassin's Creed guys, um, probably. So I, there's some pretty decent stuff in there. There's also, again, there's some really fucking weird shit, too. So <laughs> it, it's not win-win. But like I said, even just looking through, like, all the armor pieces, you can get a really clear idea. You're like, oh, I know what I'm going to do with that. And, like, it... it there has to be some of this where they knew when they put it in there. They're like, "This looks like Link's shirt. Someone's gonna make a Link." Like, yeah, absolutely. There's
1: like, they had to be aware of that. When they did it. <laughs> and you didn't have to spend twenty hours unlocking all your pieces for Ezio. No, uh, in
0: fact, you actually can't. I, I think everything's unlocked already. Um, wow, what,
1: what like a concept that everything is unlocked behind the game that you pay for. The one exception to that is
0: uh, DLC characters are obviously not available. And there is already one because she was a uh, season pass pre-order bonus or whatever. Um, so her equipment is not in there, nor could you be her like character. Nah, that's lame. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, it's a little dumb. It's extra dumb because uh, it's Tira and she's the one who has the ring. Really? And uh, that, is how you, that is how you make uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog uh, <laughs> custom character. And so I'm a little upset about that. And actually, I should probably share that with you, too, so that you can appreciate how, how great that Sonic looks. <laughs> I'm actually, b-
1: before you show up, let's, let's take a look at the Sonic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he look great? That's my boy. You gotta go That's- fast. <laughs>
1: that that's fantastic i'm actually looking at a video of uh, dr doom versus spider-man uh so caliber six. i'll bet you could make a pretty dope dr doom actually yeah the Doctor Doom looks pretty good spider-man actually looks pretty good too really
0: i I would have expected spider-man to maybe not look so great but well you could use the mummy maybe and probably make a pretty good one uh
1: yeah they're both looking pretty dope
0: there's a lot of races too, uh, like you can be a mummy or a lizard man or, or uh, you can even be like an elf, elf woman or there's even just a skeleton. So to no, do, I do
1: like elf woman. So, so. To, to
0: do like Skeletor is really easy because you've got like the hood already and it's really just a matter of putting a skeleton in the hood and coloring it. <laughs> Uh, like I said, I've been I've been super impressed. It's a really detailed creator, and it's not hamstrung like other games do. Uh, you can pretty much just do whatever you want with it.
1: So that's pretty cool. Well, wow. anyway, maybe, maybe when it's fully released and on sale and all that, I'll I'll grab it. Like I've done everything other fighting game.
0: Yeah, just Soul Calibur does not have a history of doing like deluxe editions like Mortal Kombat does. True. So you can wait for a price drop, but you're probably always gonna be stuck buying the season pass if you want all the characters. Like that that's just always how it's gonna work. And that that'll probably never go down in price. So it's not gonna be a great deal no matter what, I don't think. But it's not like Mortal Kombat where I know they're gonna release a second boxed edition a year later. <laughs> right. Uh I don't think they're gonna do that from from yeah, what I can tell. Fair but yeah, you can live out some really weird fantasies, and uh, and I've already been been doing it. So, I've also Doctor Doom is really kicking Spider Man's ass, so it's very accurate. That's it's not a surprise. But yeah, it's one of those things where like I never get lost in character creators. I just don't have the patience for it. But for some really? re- for some reason, Soul Calibur, like I get I get stuck in there,
1: and I can't help myself. <laughs> I, I used to actually... This is this is true. It's not so much true anymore because uh, there's a lot more options these days, but I used to get video games pretty much for the character creators. Um, and I'm pretty sure... I I think it was Soul Calibur 3 where I just got that one, and that was pretty much all I did. Sometimes I would play the game, but it was mostly making characters.
0: Right, yeah. And uh, for me, that was 4. I think Soul Calibur 4... If I dug out my Xbox 360, I bet it's just like 30 custom characters, and all, <laughs> all kinds of crazy, cringy shit. Um, and it's weird, too. I'm not really like a big fan of a lot of the stuff that I wind up creating, but like I just see it and I'm like, well, I could make that. And, yeah, um, it can
1: be pretty addicting to do that. So, so
0: like mine had I remember making a lot of Final Fantasy characters <laughs> at, at a time when I had pretty much accepted that that wasn't something I enjoyed anymore. I I don't
1: know what I just did it anyway. (laughs) I don't know why, but making uh, Leon S. Kennedy in a bunch of games was a thing of mine. So Yeah, why not? I I I had a Leon S. Kennedy. I I bought like one of the the WrestleManias and I made him there. I definitely made Leon S. Kennedy in Soul Calibur. This is my thing for a while. I have no clue what the hell is him. Yeah, like I said, I I bet you
0: anything if I dug out Soul Calibur 4, I've got like a like a Sephiroth. (laughs)
1: Sephiroth, I I feel like Sephiroth is just required if you're ever going to attempt it, you just have to do Sephiroth as long as you surround his name with X's you're good to go (laughs) that's the that's the key to the internet that's that's, that's how
0: you do that shit baby XX Sephiroth XX (laughs) and and then you go on and you you troll on Twitter
1: and if you can't do that then you do SS Sephiroth with an F instead of a TH.
0: Yeah, that's a good. Uh, that's a good one. Too. <laughs> yep, man. We, you and I are really good at the internet. Like we, we know what
1: we know. What the fuck is up? Oh man.
0: All right. Well, I think we're just about at time. Is there anything else that you want to make sure that we hit on before we go?
1: No, I think we
0: actually talk about a lot. Yeah, uh, there was. There was a, there's a lot to unpack there, and I feel like there's no. I would have much rather come in and been like. Guys, this is the deal, and this is how we fix it. But like I said, that's kind of the problem is I don't... I, I, I feel don't like know. a lot
1: of people are going to listen to to this podcast and be like, these fucking idiots and their support of crunch time. Yeah. Their, their, their support of crunch time and their reductive film comparisons of, of film to, they know, to video games. They know
0: me. They know I'm a fucking AAA shill. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I, even then, probably no one's going to be happy. The AAAs are going to hear this and be like, hey, I heard that part where he said they should unionize... <laughs> I'm not okay with
1: that, and so like it, nobody's gonna be happy, hey, just like Crunch, I, I,
0: no one's happy
1: I mean, enemy slime hasn't been like contrarian for a while, so it was about time we
0: got back on our game, yeah, we found a way to make sure that we're not on anyone's side <laughs> no one no one is uh is on board with us, yeah, perfect. Love it. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back next week. I, I assume. Uh, hopefully with some Red Dead Redemption 2 uh, impressions. I, I pre-ordered it on my PlayStation 4 Pro. I did too. So I'm excited to see whether or not all those people's uh, like marriages dissolving was worth it for my enjoyment. Where everything wrong
1: with industry. Like,
0: I I want to I want to know if I want to know if all the missed baseball games that that, (laughs) that, like father had I want to know if they were fucking worth it and I'm excited to find out so
1: now we should get the season passes.
0: Oh yeah for sure. You know what you want to know a secret. What's that? I I bought the like heavier edition that has the bank robbery <laughs> mission. <laughs> so I'm just I'm for for this month I've just been a complete fucking shill for the industry. I bought Soul Caliber Six, which is a dumb thing to do. I bought uh, an expensive Red Dead Redemption. I've just I've basically
1: just fully committed. You you avoided Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I did. I steered clear of that one. But the, but the good news is that not only did I buy it. I bought the $100 Cassandra edition from GameStop and I bought a copy of the art book. Uh so you're covered. Well great. Maybe next month we'll find out Red Dead Redemption has
0: shark cards or whatever. And we can buy a <laughs> bunch of those while we're at <laughs> it.
1: Get a bunch of those.
0: Uh I'll buy like 20 bucks worth of Helix credits. It'll be great. Hell yeah, we're going to be the we're going to be the roughest toughest gamers that ever were. <laughs> Uh, if you enjoyed our podcast today, guys, I think you should go subscribe to us on iTunes or on the uh, Google Play Store or wherever podcasts are sold. I don't think we're on Spotify yet. I need to work on that. Um, but yeah, go check that out. Go follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at The Enemy Slime on both of those services. And until next week, I think that we are out. Remember, guys, season passes and loot boxes are the way to the future. You gotta buy them and support the AAAs. A's. how we get the games?